This episode may contain themes that are unsettling for some listeners and includes dialogue that is inappropriate for children under 14. Listener discretion is strongly advised. I'm Brooke and I'm Melissa and this is for God's sake don't drink the Jones juice welcome to episode 45 hey 45 <laughs> 45 whoop, whoop. we're almost to 50 <laughs> I know that's crazy super exciting uh you know I just had a thought what we need listener juice I believe I saw one come through the other day I haven't we need more. Oh, yeah. I think we have one. So <laughs> you guys, if you're familiar with our show, you'll know what we're talking about. But we do a uh, it's called Listener Juice. We read our fans, paranormal and true crime stories. We try to do it once a month, but it's been a hot minute. And uh, anyway, if you have true crime, paranormal stories you'd like to share that you'd like to be read on air, Please email us. Yeah. <laughs> at don't drink the Jones juice at gmail.com. Yes. And we will read your story the next time we do a listener juice, whenever that may be. I've seen a lot of people tell other people, oh, you need to write in this story. Yeah. But they never do. So do that because we do need it. them. Yeah. And we want to read them. Yeah. Yeah. Typ- typically we like to do three to four stories a piece mm-hmm. per listener juice so i did see one come in the other day though i don't remember who it was from but thank you yes thank you <laughs> so. keeping it alive yeah um so and at work you're not going to hear anything about this but i just want to update our listeners because um i made a status about game of thrones the other day and it got <sighs> a lot of people talking about it but I wanted to say that I'm on season seven, episode five. And let me just say that Game of Thrones doesn't give a shit about you. It does not care about you. It will rip your heart out and stomp on it. It does not care. Eek. I watched The Red Wedding and that gutted me. And then now, I mean, everybody was like, oh, just wait, it gets much worse, it gets much worse. But I think nothing was as bad as the ending of the first season and the Red Wedding. Because those were the things that truly made me want to stop watching. It's super gory, right? It's very gory. Yeah, I don't like that. And I have seen more dicks in Game of Thrones (laughs) than I've ever seen anywhere else. Wow. There's so much sex. There's a lot of rape. There's it's and that was mostly like the first few seasons after that it dies down a lot Hmm, but interesting i wonder if they had like bad feedback or something like chill it out on this i don't know from what my brother told me because my brother once he watches the show he uh, researches everything there is to know about it right like me him and his girlfriend have a group chat (laughs) and um they wanted me so I started watching Game of Thrones because they wanted me to watch this spinoff show with them that comes out next year. Mm -hmm. Um, So they were like, we're going to make a group chat and we want you to text in there everything that you feel about this show. Mm -hmm. Every opinion, everything. So that's what I've been doing the last seven seasons. And um, my brother just keeps spitting all these facts at me. And I'm just like, oh my God, how do you know all this? How many seasons are there? I think there's eight. And then the show's over? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But uh, anyways, he was telling me that, you know, this this was on HBO, and I think that they were thinking that the show wasn't going to do as good as it did, so they just filled it with sex to get people's attention. Right. And then when the show kind of, like, took, took off, off, they stopped with all the sex, mm-hmm. because there was a time period there where you didn't see a single episode without sex, and it was... Yeah. Honestly, it's kind of, I think, I mean, a lot of people like watching sex scenes in movies, but it just makes me uncomfortable. I'm just like, why is this necessary (laughs) for the show? But a lot of incest in there. Ew. (laughs) I don't know about this. I didn't either, but I love it. It is so good. Yes. Hmm. I didn't think I would like it. And that's 
that's literally my type of thing like lord of the rings my absolute favorite yeah and the battle at helm's deep in which i know you don't know but in lord of the rings in the second movie it's like regarded as like a super great like battle scene nothing nothing compares to the battle of the bastards in game of thrones wow that was the best battle scene i've ever seen like the best battle scene in cinematic history i think wow i'm just watching it just so overwhelmed like every fear about a battle i mean i would think (laughs) would it was in that battle wow it was insane Mm. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with Game of Thrones. I know everybody says the ending is just garbage. Aww. Like, for seven seasons, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Like, and just, they just crush you at the end. It's like, right. what the hell? I just wasted all this time. <laughs> I'm very curious as to <clears throat> what happens. Yes, because, and the thing about it is um, they take their time with it. Like, stuff that happens in the first season, mm-hmm. it gets mentioned, and you're like, huh, I can't wait to learn about that. But you never learn about it again until you've forgotten about it. Right. But they always bring it back, and everything has a specific purpose, and nothing is done by accident. Okay. And I think that's why it's such a great show, because, you know... Um, Keeps your interest. Yeah. And, like, you know, in a lot of shows, they'll do this thing where, you know, somebody's about to die. Yeah. But then, you know, miraculously, they're saved by, you know, somebody else and they end up not dying. Right. Not in Game of Thrones. They just <laughs> fucking kill the person. <laughs> and that's and, the end. And you always have this hope. You're like, no, somebody's going to save them. No. No. They just fucking die. Okay. <laughs> and it's sad because you grow to love these characters. And my, my brother at first said, Alyssa, don't love any characters. Don't attach yeah. to any character because you never know who's going to die. And I did. I attached myself to so many characters and they all die. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it's sad. Like the cast that there is now. The, I mean, a lot of them are still from like the first seasons or whatever. But there's so many people gone now. There's so many people gone. Oh it's gosh. crazy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well. well, that's really all I've been doing is in my spare time. I've been watching it on my laptop with headphones in because obviously I don't want my son to see yeah. and hear the show. And I'll watch it at night. Yeah. But that's really it. What's What's been going on with you? Same old, same old, same old. Really not a whole lot. Just working and, you know, doing my thing. I leave Wednesday for Seattle. Um, so today Alyssa and I are actually recording this week's episode and the next week because I'm going to miss recording, um, next Sunday. So that's going to be fun. I'm going to go check out my husband's home and my husband's memorial. Um, if you guys don't know who I'm talking about, (laughs) Kurt Cobain's memorial place and his home, um, where he was found dead. Um, and we're also going to go to the Museum of Pop Culture, which I'm super stoked about. I actually found that one and was like, yo, let's go to this. Um, we've got a concert to attend while we're out there. And I think we're also going to make the trek over to Oregon. Um, so hopefully I'll get to see two new states. Right. What we are you going to do in Oregon? Um, go to the beach. To Apparently the beach. there's a beautiful beach there. I, I think it's the one that Jared said the Goonies were filmed. <gasps> I love was filmed at. Goonies. Yeah. The Goonies so. is one of my most favorite movies. I've never seen it. I know. Of course not. Imagine but... that. But so yeah. Um super excited about that. So yeah. Um I leave out Wednesday. So y'all cross your fingers and say your prayers that we have a safe trip. And uh yeah. So that's really all that's exciting in my world at the moment. I do, however, want to announce the winner of our giveaway. Um this giveaway didn't get a whole lot of activity, unfortunately, but then again, I did only post it one time in the group. So basically what our giveaway consisted of this time was um, sharing your favorite episode of our hours on your Facebook page and tagging the group. Um, and after that, you just, you know, typed done in the comment section. So 12 of you entered this time. So pretty good chances of winning, yeah. I'd say. One, one out of 12. 12. <laughs> 
So what I did on this one, um, just a few minutes ago, I went on the post and I gave you all a number, just a random number, one through 12. Alyssa has not been on the post, she, so she has no idea whose number is, you know, whose. But basically what's about to happen is I'm going to ask her to pick a number one through 12, and then I will announce the winner of our giveaway. And you will get a Don't Drink the Jones Juice t-shirt of your choice. We ready? I'm ready. Dun, 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 dun. All right, Alyssa, pick a number, 1 through 12. I'm going to say my favorite number. Do you know what that is? Do you want me to guess it out loud? Yeah. Nine? Nope. Seven. Seven. All right, so the winner is seven, which is Brandon McCullough. Congratulations, Brandon. Congrats. You get a free Don't Drink the Jones Juice t-shirt. So, um we'll contact you you contact us however you want to do it and we will get that to you congrats congratulations congratulations and thank you all to everyone that shared for us and entered this one and hopefully we can do another one um not too far from now (laughs) i I feel like there was another word for that but i just made it something really big (laughs) soon (laughs) so congratulations again brandon and thank you all all right, well, are we ready to just get on into this? We are ready. So I know we always are like, so this case, and then we explain it, and then we're like, it's blah, blah, blah. But then we're like, but you probably already know that because of the title. <laughs> so I'm doing Ed Gein. I'm excited for this one. That's a big one. I really thought it was too, but guess what? There really is not that much information on it um, because- That's wild. He only killed two people. Yeah. Well, there was, uh, I think, 11 bodies found in his house, but he only killed two of them. So what is so fascinating or out of the norm for Ed Gein other than that, like, he, like, used people's body parts for weird things that made him such a notorious and well-known killer? That was really it. You know, there's much more brutal murderers Mm -hmm. out there that nobody's ever heard of. Right. So it makes you wonder, like... Ed Gein was the, um, the, um, what's it called? Like the influence for yeah. Norman Bates and Psycho uh-huh. and Leatherface and Texas maybe, Chainsaw Massacre. Do you think maybe it was like the time, like the time period that made him so well known? Cause like back then people didn't really do this weird shit or. I think it's the fact that yes, a time period being that not only did he do all like murder two people and rob graves and make weird stuff out of the bodies Mm -hmm. but you know he also like wanted to be a woman or like wanted to dress up as a woman which wasn't very common back then right he uh he he says he never had sex with any of the dead bodies Mm -hmm. but he's listed as a necrophiliac so i think it's highly suspected that he was yeah so um that's to just very far out things for the time period right exactly i mean (laughs) being a woman is fine but when you're literally making suits out of other women's bodies to wear for yourself that's when it yeah really gets crazy but you know even back then that was just abnormal for a man to want to be a woman true that so i don't know i was actually thinking that before i started into this research i was like ed keen is the worst one and yeah. then I read all this stuff and I'm like, but he's not, but he really isn't because yeah. yes, taking dead bodies from their graves and using their flesh for stuff, it's horrific. Yeah. But I'd much rather somebody do that than murder a bunch of people. Right. Right. If I had to choose. Right. Which... If you're choosing two people's <laughs> body parts or, you know, 15 brutal murders, I mean, yeah, I guess well, we don't want to choose either one, but. Right. <laughs> if somebody had a gun to 15. my head and was like, you have a choice, mm-hmm. I would say take the cadaver. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess it must be just the time period. Yeah. But I don't know. Even like nowadays, I feel like that would be pretty big pretty big and i guess it's literally just the fact that using somebody's body parts to make household objects that's very very morbid and just yeah absolutely terrifying because i mean he had visitors come to his house yeah and you know they must have sat in the chairs with human skin Mm -hmm. and they must have seen the lampshades made out of human skin didn't think anything of it anything about it just wow what 
what a beautiful lamp or i (laughs) doubt that they thought that but i have some pictures yeah but and they're probably like hmm a peculiar chair kind of a strange guy this guy has some shrunken heads in his room (laughs) they're probably just halloween props yeah like i don't think the human mind could comprehend that unless it's like told to them that this is what it is yeah yes so probably that's probably what and plus this was a small town yeah you know this was a very shy guy who didn't have very many friends and Mm -hmm. you know nobody would have ever suspected something like this from him right so anyways now that i've basically told the whole story (laughs) (laughs) so edward theodore gein was born august 27th oh sources i use murderpedia and serialkillercalendar.com as my main sources Okay, Edward Theodore Gein was born August 27, 1906, to his mother, Augustus Gein, and his father, George Gein, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Ed had an older brother named Henry, who was seven years older than him. Augustus Gein thought her husband was a useless, weak man who was unfit to raise their children or provide an income for their family. So, she opened a grocery business the year Ed was born while simultaneously raising Ed and Henry. She was doing it all. Mm -hmm. Um, The grocery business brought in a good amount of money, and over time, they were able to save up enough money to move to a farmhouse farther away from society. What was Dad doing? An alcoholic, just drinking himself to Mm. death, I guess. I don't know. Mm. But the issue with this... Well, I mean, there's a lot of issues with everything I just said, (laughs) but the main issue is that Augustus was a fanatically religious woman, Mm -hmm. and we all know, if you watch Game of Thrones, you know that a fanatic is not good news, okay? Mm. Um, She had a strict moral code that neither of her sons were allowed to go against. Everyone was unclean in Augustus's eyes, and she made sure to instill that in her boys by preaching to them how all women, except herself, (laughs) were immoral and, I quote, whores. Wow. Yes. Mm. Every woman was loose. She thought very highly of herself. She did. Yeah. (laughs) Because she was was doing it right by God. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, But she did this to try and suppress any desires that the two boys might have towards women so that they wouldn't be sent to hell when they died. Mm. So she didn't want them to have like premarital sex because then they would go to hell, Mm -hmm. which is not how that works. Just so you guys know. (laughs) If so, then Brooke and I would both be going to hell. Yeah. Probably everybody listening to. Yeah. Right. Ed and Henry were bound to the family farm and were not allowed to interact with the outside world except for when they went to school. But even then, Augustus would scold Ed for trying to make friends. What a miserable childhood. Yes. And of course, just like with anyone else, this upset him. And Augustus's control over his social life made him sad. But he viewed his mother as the epitome of perfection and would and valued her quote unquote facts over how he personally felt about anything. So he basically Augustus was his brain, Mm -hmm. his moral compass. That's kind of like the cannibal I covered last week mm-hmm. yeah you know had that weird Mommy, desire for his mom yeah well because she was super controlling yeah. and you know yeah he didn't really think for himself everything was mommy right and i also want to point out that that so if you're a mom and you're instilling this religion into your child and your child is looking up to you more than the actual religion you're doing it wrong right because that's not how it's supposed to go mm-hmm So regardless of his mother not wanting him to have friends, his classmates shunned him for being shy and having more feminine qualities. Being the rigid person that Augustus is, she was hardly ever happy with how her boys were turning out and would verbally abuse them. She believed that they were going to grow up and be failures just like their alcoholic father. Um, Being that Henry was seven years older than Ed, he really looked up to him and thought he was a hard worker and a man of strong character. In 1940, when their father died, Ed and Henry took up odd jobs in order to help financially support the farm and their mother. 
Ed tried to imitate Henry's work efforts, and they were both known by the townspeople as reliable and trustworthy. They both worked as handymen, but Ed would also occasionally babysit. Wow. That's right. Ed Gein was a babysitter. (laughs) And he really enjoyed this because he felt he could relate to children more than his peers. So Mm -hmm. clearly there's an obvious delay delay of, like, social progression. That and a feminine side, for sure. Yeah, that too, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because men don't typically want to babysit kids. Right. If they're... Not a pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not saying that men who want to babysit kids are pedophiles, but I feel like that's typically how that goes. Yeah. Henry was beginning to become concerned with Ed's attachment to their mother. He practically worshipped her. So Henry would openly criticize their mother in front of Ed, and it just shocked Ed to his core. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he could not believe that somebody could say such foul things about this perfection woman of, of a God. woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and he couldn't understand how Henry couldn't see their mother's greatness. Wow. That's a very strange obsession. Very. Very. On May 16th, Ed and Henry were fighting a bushfire that was burning near their home. The two had to separate in opposite directions in order for the um, for them to be able to put out the fire. They fought the flames until nightfall, and this is when Ed noticed that he had lost sight of Henry. The fire, the fire finally went out, and Ed began to get worried about Henry's whereabouts, so he contacted the police. And the police put a search party together, but were very surprised when they got to the farm and Ed led them right to where Henry was dead on the ground. You know, Henry, the missing person. Hmm. Suspicious. Mm Mm-hmm. His body was also untouched by the fire and bruises were found on his head. Oh. Suspicious. Yeah. Right. Super, super, super sus. Right. Okay. But police quickly dismissed foul play because no one could believe that ed the little angel the little shy angel boy with with the the perfect mother mother. (laughs) um could possibly kill anybody Mm -hmm. but especially his own brother right and the coroner listed henry's death as asphyxiation hmm hmm interesting right yeah (laughs) i did not know that later on they really do contribute Henry's death to Ed Gein. Yeah. They think that... That was his first kill. Mm-hmm. And that he did it because of how much he spoke against their mother. Yeah. So. On December 29th, 1945, Augustus died due to a series of strokes. And Uh-oh. That, yeah. And um, this absolutely devastated Ed. Mm. It pretty much mangled the world that he knew. Look at this. So very similar. So many of these killers have so many similarities. You remember with old cannibal, mommy died and he just spiraled out of control with these crazy fantasies. Yeah. And yeah. here comes old Ed. Doing the same thing, just mm-hmm. not eating the bodies. I mean, well, that we know. Yeah. <laughs> um, according to Harold um, Schechter, Schechter. In his book, Deviant, he described that Ed had lost his only friend and one true love, and he was absolutely alone in the world. Awkward. (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. I was thinking, well, that's sad. You're just like, awkward. His one true love? Well, okay, that's weird. But, like, I mean, his mom beat that end to him pretty much. You know, at this point, like, it's really not his fault. (laughs) Awkward. Oh, my God. So Ed remained at the farm following his mother's death. He boarded up every room in the house that his mother used, mainly the upstairs, the parlor, and the living room. He preserved them as a shrine to her. Oh, another shrine. Yes, another shrine. Ladies, do not instill mommy issues in your sons. This is how they turn out. They either, like, hate their mom more than anything in the world. Or they worship them and no woman will ever compare. Right. 
like they'll either hate them and they go out and kill like sex workers and just mm-hmm. women in general or they love their mommy so much that they kill women like yeah it just makes a lot of sense right Ugh. um so he never touched these rooms ever again Hmm. And he only used the kitchen in a small room that was just off of the kitchen. Wow. Literally. Yeah, crazy. So this is kind of where things start to get a little bit more weird. Ed started reading death cult magazines and adventure stories in his spare time. For work, he continued doing odd jobs for people to support himself. Ed read a lot of pulp magazines and anatomy books. The rooms that he didn't board off were full of periodicals about Nazis, South Sea headhunters, and shipwrecks. With this, Ed learned the process of shrinking heads, Hmm. exhuming corpses from graves, and the anatomy of the human body. Hmm. He also enjoyed reading the obituaries in the newspaper, which is how he learned about recent deaths of local women yeah so ed would go to the cemeteries at night and look for the recently deceased women later he would swear up and down that he never raped the bodies because they smelled too bad Uh like that's the reason why he didn't Uh rape them but he would peel their skin off and wear it so (laughs) i mean i'm sorry (laughs) I'm sorry. Just the irony behind that. Yeah. I would never rape them. But I'll wear their skin. I'll just peel their skin off and wear it. Because I'm sure that didn't smell bad at all. Right. That's literally my first thought was I'm sure that smelled horrific. Yeah. (laughs) So Ed had often dreamed of being a woman and always wanted to know what it would be like to have breasts and a vagina. Mm Mm-hmm. Over time, Ed's collection of body parts grew, including a few preserved heads and at one point a young boy visited ed's house where ed showed him his human heads that were kept in ed's room he told the young boy that the heads were relics from headhunters from the south seas hmm. of course you know this probably traumatized the <laughs> young boy <laughs> and he went to the town and you know was telling people that he had seen shrunken heads in ed Gein's house exactly but everyone told the boy that it was a figment of his imagination and that it wasn't true oh eddie would never do that he's too shy yeah fortunately for the boy two men went to visit ed at his farm and also saw the heads that the young boy had talked about so he kind of was validated at this point But they thought that they were only strange Halloween costumes. (laughs) So not really. Oh, God. (laughs) No one took the stories of Ed's oddities seriously until a woman named Bernice Morden went missing a few years later. Bernice owned a hardware store and her son told police that Ed had been in the store the evening before she disappeared. And he said that he would return the next day for a gallon of antifreeze. Mm. The last sales slip was for a gallon of antifreeze, which was written by Bernice on the morning she disappeared. So this was enough evidence for a warrant. On November 17, 1957, police made their way to Ed's farmhouse. Inside of his house, they found it to be in just horrible conditions. There was junk and rotting garbage all over the floors and counters, which made it almost impossible for them to walk through. Ooh. The local sheriff, Arthur Shelley, was inspecting the kitchen with his flashlight when he felt something brush against his jacket. Oh, good. When he turned to see what it was, he saw a large hanging carcass upside down, like hanging from the beams. Gross. The carcass was decapitated, split open, and gutted. It wasn't unusual this time of year for people to deer hunt and, you know, hang their game to, you know, get meat from them. And it took Arthur a second to realize that it was not a deer. (laughs) (laughs) It was a headless butchered woman. And I read that and I was like, how do you not know? How do you not instantly know? 
but I, I guess you, it probably would take you by such surprise you'd just be like what what, what the fuck excuse me yeah, <laughs> yeah that's literally was my second thought is like probably was not expecting to find that yeah who expects you know? to find a right corpse hanging from the beams not not i not i <laughs> the officers were shocked to find bernice's body hanging like that they searched the massive piles of garbage throughout Ed's home, finding more and more until they realized that this was more than Ed killing Bernice. There was a bowl made from a human skull, lampshades and waste baskets made from human skin, an armchair made from human skin. Didn't he have a titty belt? We'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it just hit me. It's okay. Um, he had female genitalia preserved in a shoe box oh there was a belt made of nipples i have nips yeah that's the one i always think about is the belt belt. made of nipples i want to know what that looks like was there no pictures i never can find any Hmm. i mean i'm sure they probably wouldn't want to i don't know nipple belt i don't know i'm gonna look for it i wonder what happened to it do they bitch marry it did they just get the belt ew is that what they do (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i feel like it was probably like did they burn it kept in like I don't know. What do they do with body parts? I don't know. I've never thought about that. But they bury it. I mean, it goes into evidence. and But I don't think they would keep nipples in evidence. <laughs> I mean, I'm I... sure they would have it for evidence for a while. Yeah, what do you do with it later? I'm sure it goes in like a biohazard bag and gets discarded. Back then, you think? Oh, I don't know. Maybe they burned it. I don't know. Maybe Good they question. put the nipples back where they belonged. Ew. I don't know. Mm. Anyways, um... They found a human head, four noses, and a heart. Last, but certainly not least, they found an entire suit made out of human skin. Mm. Due to all the horrific things that the police found in Ed's house, they began an extensive search on his land. They believed that Ed was involved in more murders of missing people in the area, one of them being a girl named Mary Hogan. And they actually thought there was like four missing people. They thought he was tied to all of them. But I think Mary Hogan was the only female and they never found the remains of any of them except for Mary Hogan. Okay. So I didn't really add any of that in here because it was just kind of. I found a nipple belt. (gasps) Did you? Yes. Oh my. Did he wear it? I don't know. Okay, guys. I'm going to post it. I don't think it's too graphic, but it's legit like areolas pieced together in there. Like it's it's a belt. Like <laughs> it's a belt. I mean, it's got like the little thing you slide the other side into. You know what I mean? Do you think he ever wore it and like wore it out to town and people just didn't notice? That's a nice belt you have there. It looks like fried eggs. It kind of does look like fried eggs. I'm going to post it, guys. Let me see it again. Nipple belt. You know, I, I don't think I've ever like Googled it because I didn't think that it would show up. Can you zoom in a little bit? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is multiple wow. colors of nipples. And like, let's see, I would say one, two, three, four. I mean, there's probably at least, I mean, I can see 12. There's probably at least 20 nipples on this belt, you guys. You know, when I imagined a nipple belt, you know what I imagined? What? <laughs> Like, you know, back in the scene days, like spiky belts. Yeah. I imagine like a leather belt with just the nipple sticking. <laughs> like a spiky belt. So not this, huh? <laughs> That's way worse. Oh, yes. It's it's gross, guys. <laughs> <sighs> oh, God. And we're not laughing at these poor women. We're laughing because. Oh, my God. I don't know if this is the real lamp, but holy shit balls. Please tell me that's not the real lamp. I don't know if it is, but. Um, I'll find out. I think, I don't think that is. I don't think he, maybe. Oh, okay. Keep on. I don't know. I think I have it, the the lamp saved. I know I have a chair saved. Okay. I don't know. Because I don't think he used a face. I think he used just just skin. Okay. Because, I mean, imagine somebody walking in the house and seeing that. I'm sure they would think that that's more odd than a leather lampshade. Ugh. So, anyways, they began an extensive search on his land. They believed that Ed was involved in more murders of missing people in the area, one of them being a girl named Mary Hogan. They brought Ed to 
Watoma County Jailhouse where they interrogated him. Ed would not admit to the killings, but after a day of silence, he finally revealed that he de- did kill Bernice Warden. He, do you have something to no, say? No, no, okay. no, go ahead. He recalled dragging Bernice's body to his truck and taking the cash register from the store and then took them back to his house. He said that he didn't remember much because he was in a dazed state, including not remembering shooting her in the head with a twenty-two caliber gun. Mm. Ed said that the other body parts came from local graves. He swore that he didn't kill anyone else that was in the house, but after days of intense interrogation, Ed finally admitted to killing Mary Hogan. He claimed that he was also in a day state when killing her and couldn't remember all of the exact details. Mm-hmm. Ed did not show a single bit of remorse for his killings and grave robbing. He spoke very matter-of-factly about them and occasionally seemed cheerful. What a odd one. (laughs) Yes. While Ed went through further interrogation and psychological tests, police continued to search his farm, coming up with the remains of ten women. Ed swore that eight of them came from the graves and he had only killed Mary and Bernice. The police examined the graves that Ed said he had robbed, All of the coffins showed clear signs that they had been tampered with, Mm -hmm. and the bodies all had missing parts, or the whole body was missing in general. So, People were not convinced that Ed was in the right state of mind, and it was suggested that he pled guilty by reason of insanity. It was concluded by psychologists and psychiatrists that Ed was definitely emotionally impaired. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly. Yeah. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia and a sexual psychopath. He had conflicting feelings about women due to his natural attraction towards them Mm -hmm. and his mom's unnatural attitude towards women. Yeah. The love-hate feelings he had towards women overflowed and eventually became a full-blown psychosis. I'm sure it was an obsession. He didn't know how to feel. Yeah, I have opinion on this but i'll say it at the end because Mm -hmm. it'll probably be a lot to say so ed spent a total of 30 days in a mental institute and was found to be mentally incompetent this meant that he could no longer be tried for first degree murder this angered the people in plainfield and they demanded that he should be sentenced to death for bernice's death There was little they could do to sway the court, and Ed was eventually committed to the Central State Hospital in Walpen, Wupen, I don't know how to pronounce it, Wisconsin. In the 1950s, Ed gained notoriety for being the most famous and documented case of necrophilia. Um, I meant to look up how to pronounce this. Hold on, I'm going to pause it. Okay, sorry. Um, so he was the most famous and documented case of necrophilia, transvestism, and fetishism. Children would sing songs about him and even make jokes about the whole thing. These jokes became known as Gainers. Gainers. Yes. After 10 years in the mental institution, the court finally decided that he was competent enough to stand trial. On January 22, 1968, The proceedings began to determine whether or not Ed was guilty or not guilty by reason of insanity. After all the evidence was laid out, Ed was found guilty of first-degree murder, but because Ed was found to have been insane during the murders, he was later found not guilty by reason of insanity and was acquitted. The families of Bernice Warden and Mary Hogan felt robbed of justice and that Ed wasn't getting what he deserved. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Shame, shame. Ed was viewed as the perfect patient in the hospital. (laughs) Aren't they always? Right. He never required tranquilizing medications to calm him down and keep him under control. Superintendent Schubert told reporters that Gein was a model patient saying, if all of our patients were like him, we'd have no trouble at all. The only thing that struck them as weird about Ed was the just weird way he would stare at the female nurses god that looks like a nice ear (laughs) sorry i'm not trying to make jokes Mm. so july 26 it was a gainer gainer. (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) forgive me 
<laughs> oh god okay uh july 26 1984 ed gein finally passed away after a long battle with cancer he was buried in plainfield cemetery right next to his mother which was not too much farther away from the graves he had robbed yuck disgusting yeah they should have freaking cremated his ass they should have yeah. chunked him somewhere in the right. garbage can <laughs> <laughs> i agree but part of me doesn't think that he was insane I really don't think that because when you hear about cases of people being insane, they don't try to hide their their murder. Yeah. They just... It seems very premeditated. Yes. And, you know, I meant to write this down, but I forgot. But there was somebody who worked, like, at the cemetery or whatever that was letting Ed into the cemetery to get these bodies. Ooh. Yeah. But when this person got, I don't know what happened to him. He went somewhere else. I don't know. Um, and that's when he started killing. Oh. So it's, it was just, I mean. Damn. So if only he could have kept robbing graves, graves, he wouldn't have been murdering. Right. But then he probably would have never got caught. And. Yeah. True. I don't know. I don't think that he was insane. I think he's just like Ted Bundy and Ed Kemper and. You know, he kills or takes, you know, dead people for sexual gratification, whether Uh or not he, you know, rapes them or not. He's doing it to fill a sexual need. What an odd thing. It's like, what screwed up your brain so badly that death turns you on? That's the question I've always wanted to have answered. I don't get it. Yuck. I do not get it. I understand fascination with it, you know, and obviously we're fascinated by death and and crime, but to actually be sexually turned on by murder, by body parts that you shouldn't be fantasizing about, like, it's just bizarre. There is something in your head that is not quite registering. It's not connecting. Mm -hmm. Ew. Ew. (laughs) I agree. I mean, he knew what he was doing was wrong. That's why he wouldn't admit to it. Of course. And he would have kept on doing it, too. And I mean, I I know that you can go in and out of, like, a psychosis, Mm -hmm. but I just don't think that that's what was happening. I mean, I'm not a professional. Who knows? I'm not saying that I know for a fact. I just personally believe that he knew exactly what he was doing. And he wanted to do it. And he knew that if, you know, what he did was insane. And I mean, Mm -hmm. like, I don't think he was insane, but what he did was insane. Yeah. And he knew that he could pull that card if, mm-hmm. you know, he made it out to seem like he was in a daze or whatever. Yeah. A lot of them say that they're in a daze. Of but course. They're murderers. I don't think I trust them what a murderer is saying. Yeah. I mean, even when they get diagnosed with things, it's like, how can you really trust what they're saying, though? Right. Right. Because if they're a sociopath or a psychopath, of course they're going to lie and they are good at lying. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've said this a while back, but I know of a person that could literally look at a psychologist, psychiatrist and lie right to their face. And I can assure you that doctor would believe everything they said. And yeah. it's all lies. Yeah. You know, that's the crazy thing about I feel like being a psychologist is you kind of have to. How do you pick and choose what you believe? I feel like you have to just believe it because it's what they're saying unless there are clear reasons as to why they're lying. Yeah. But I I feel like with that being your job, you should know better. (laughs) Like, nah, they're bullshitting, you know? Maybe. But I mean, some people are really so good at lying that it sounds more like the truth than the truth does. Yeah. I don't know. But that was Ed Gein. He's weird. Yeah. He makes awkward furniture with skin nipple belts nipple belts bowls out of skulls bowls out of skulls bowls out of skulls okay well we'll be back for part two in just a minute hello Welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So it's my turn. And today I will be discussing the unsolved murder of Missy Beavers. 
Ever heard of this one? The name sounds familiar. Well, let's see what you know about it. Okay, hopefully I don't accidentally <laughs> ruin it. Oh, yeah. I remember a case like this. Yeah. The entire case. <laughs> which I cut that out from that yeah. episode that happened. She <laughs> did do that one time, guys. And I thought it was a different case. I'm pretty sure I looked at her with like daggers in my eyeballs. <laughs> she looked very upset and i was like, like what the um, hell you just told the whole story dude i was like i'm so sorry no but we ended up cutting it out so <laughs> all is well so you can let me know if you know about it but don't tell the story i'll just say yes or no all right so my sources are true true forensictales.com dallasobserver.com huntakiller.com and also several reddit posts and i also listened to a crime junkies podcast um on on this particular case do you ever listen to crime junkies i don't really like crime junkie yeah it's all right crime junkie yeah junkie i don't really like how scripted they are yeah it okay so funny because while i'm listening to the podcast i'm reading an article right it was pretty much like word for word what the article said. And I was like, yeah. eek. Well, they've gotten in a lot of trouble for that kind of oh, thing. Oh, that's so. pretty much exactly what it was. And I'm like, how is this podcast so popular? Like, no, I'm not trying to like shame here. Like, good for them for being so popular. But like legit, it was like word for word the article I was reading. Yeah, they've gotten in a lot. Of, they've had to delete so many episodes for Oh my that kind gosh. Of thing. That's so, cray cray. That's one reason that's I don't It's kind of not fair. <laughs> you no, know? it's not. And they don't source it either. Mm. Like, if you're going to read an article, at least be like, hi, this is an article from blah, 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 and I'm going to read you the entire <laughs> thing, word yeah. for word. It was crazy. I mean, they threw a little bit of, like, commentary in there, but, like, it was pretty much the article word for word. And the commentary is so just, like... Dry. It's, like... <clears throat> like, obviously, the questions that the other person is asking are scripted, scripted. and it's, like... It's like I'm not hating on them because I don't want to bash another podcast. Like like I said, good for them, but they have a lot of followings. A lot of people love Crime Junkie, but mm-hmm. I've never been a fan. Yeah, so it's funny you say that because I noticed that because I'm literally reading and like you know and then listening at the same time and then I'm pausing, kind of you know trying to take my own notes down and I'm like, what the hell? This is the same thing I'm reading. Literally, <laughs> like of course you read articles to get your information because yeah. how else are you supposed to get them? But you don't write it word for word. Yeah, you have to change stuff around. I mean, make it this the same truth that it is, but yeah. you have to use different words. You rearrange sentences. You put you know things in different orders. Right, right, right. Speak it the way you would say it. Right. You know exactly <laughs> so anyway uh yeah so reddit was a big one on this one for me um which you guys may have heard us speak about before but we love reddit it is like our fave so anyway uh let's start talking about missy so missy beavers was a 45 year old mother of three from red oak texas i've covered a lot of texas stories i was about to say that yep you always cover a Texas story. She was born on August 9th, 1970 in Graham, Texas, the middle child and only girl of her family. She had an older brother and a younger brother, and she was born Terry Lee Ann Strickland, but she went by the name Missy for most of her life. Mm-hmm. Missy and her husband, Brandon Beavers, married on June 20th, 1998. She went back to school and started working as a teacher assistant. It was here where she landed a job working in special education, which was the perfect job for a kind soul such as Missy. She and Brandon later go on to have three daughters, Hannah, Allie, and Sarah, and the family decides that Missy will stay at home with the girls. Time for her to be a stay-at-home mama. As the girls grew older, Missy decided to find a career in one of her passions, fitness, and she goes on to become a group fitness instructor. Nice. On April 18th, 2016, while getting ready to teach an early morning fitness class called Clamp, Clamp? <laughs> Camp Gladiator. See while I tongue-tied that? Yeah. Camp Gladiator at a local church. She was murdered by an unknown assailant. I always do that. She was murdered by an unknown assailant clad in SWAT team riot gear. I do know this one. It's rough. Yes, it is terrible. The assailant. And <laughs> the assailant 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 
the murderer, <laughs> forgive me, you guys, was wearing a helmet, gloves, shin guards, and a vest with police written across the back. They carried a hammer in hand, which is now known to be the murder weapon. All of this is known for certain because of the church's surveillance. I am done of surveillance. <laughs> surveillance. 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 Assailance. Surveillance. What is wrong with me? Okay. So it was caught on the security camera at the church. I'm just, I'm done with these L's and like, I might as well be saying tortilla and like, I'm done. Okay. Uh, so anyway, the murderer was, you know, wearing all this police gear, super, super creepy. Um, and it was caught on the church's security video footage, security video. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it, this footage caught the entire act. Five years later, her case is still unsolved, but police say it's far from a cold case. They receive tips almost daily and have scoured through 3,000 tips since the beginning. Wow. So we're going to talk a little bit, you know, get a little bit deeper into this now. So in the early morning hours of April 18th, Missy awoke hearing rain. So the class usually took place outdoors, but today it would have to be moved inside the church. The previous night, Missy took to Facebook to tell her students, if it's raining, we're still training. She was very passionate, you know. Mm -hmm. We're going to do this rain or shine, shine or rain, rain or shine, whatever. Uh, Around 4.20 a.m., Missy arrived at Midlothian's Creekside Church of Christ to prepare for her 5 a.m. class. Wow. That's, That's commitment right there. It is quite early. She would have no idea that her soon-to-be murderer had been lurking around the building for the past 30 minutes, opening doors and looking in rooms, trying to see if Missy had arrived yet or possibly looking for the best place to kill her. Could could he be a student of hers? Yeah, there's speculation of quite a few people. Shortly before 5 a.m., students began entering the church ready to get their work out on. It would be one of them who would find Missy's broken and battered body lying in a pool of blood surrounded by glass. Could you imagine? I can't imagine. Mm -mm. Missy was dead. She had multiple puncture wounds to her head and torso. Police were called and they arrived in less than 10 minutes. Searching the church. What I swear to why do I do this? Like some episodes I'm like smooth and da da da, da and then I'm like, like the entire fucking episode on the others. I swear to God. I promise, I promise next week's gonna be better, guys. So searching the church. I think I just like read too fast and I'm like Don't read faster than okay. your eyes can. Police look. find signs of forced entry on the back door of the church there you go (laughs) a pry bar had been used to open it their first thought was robbery gone wrong right missy steps in and maybe you know she shows up and the intruder panicked and killed her do people usually rob churches though i don't know that would have not been my first guess well that's what they're thinking because who would want to kill missy you know Quickly, though, they learned that this is not the case. Nothing looked to be stolen from the church or on Missy's person. All of her jewelry is still on when she's found. Hmm, interesting. It also appears that Missy had no reason to be fearful as her registered gun was found in its usual place in her vehicle. Sad. So you'd think, you know, if she had fears of any kind, she would have her gun on her, right? Yeah. She's doing her usual thing, opens up the church, goes in to prepare, you know, just you know her normal life yeah investigators learned that there is no alarm system in the church and that the church's outdoor cameras were not working at the time of missy's murder dang luckily though the indoor security cameras were on and recording as i said before missy's killer was caught on tape this unknown individual was dressed in SWAT gear, head to toe, and can be seen on camera casually pacing the empty dark halls of the church. They opened several doors and smashed some windows. The killer looked to be between five foot two and five foot eight, and their feet predominantly pointed outward, and they walked with kind of a limp, 
possibly due to an injury or previous surgery. Hmm. That's a pretty good description. Yes, it is. And when we have a video of this particular gait and, you know, we have this height, the crazy thing about it is police still don't know if it was a man or a woman. A lot of people speculate by watching this video that it looked like a possibly pregnant or overweight woman. Huh. This so. reminds me of the Delphi murders where it's yeah. like, how can you not find it when you literally have a video? video? And a particular walk. You mm-hmm. have a voice. Like somebody has to know somebody with Absolutely. this type of walk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So this, I actually think I may have found this in like on Reddit, like somehow relating to the Delphi thing. And I was just like, ooh, that sucked me in. Right. Uh, so the town is shocked. There hadn't been a murder in Midlothian in seven years. Things like this just didn't happen there. So the investigation begins. Initially, there looks to be no reasonable motive. Missy didn't seem to have any enemies, and a robbery has been pretty much ruled out at this right. point. <clears throat> One of the first things that homicide investigators do after a murder is look into the victim's personal life. They always say it's the husband. Right. Police discover that Missy and her husband, Brandon, were having marital and financial problems at the time of her death. Right. Missy's phone records are subpoenaed along with her emails and any and all forms of electronic communication. Several reports state that Missy was possibly having several affairs outside of her marriage to Brandon. Yikes. It was found that Missy had been using LinkedIn to speak to a couple of people. That's weird. Yeah. (laughs) One of the conversations was flirtatious and intimate, while the other was a bit creepy. How does that happen? I don't know. I guess there's a way to, like, instant message on LinkedIn. I'm not really sure. Yeah, but how do you, like, find somebody's LinkedIn and be like... I don't know. I don't really know how LinkedIn works. I don't know. So. I mean, I know Jared has one. I know. I could so ask does him. my dad, but like, yeah, it just doesn't seem like a dating or a place where you could find somebody you know, to be date. like, hey, girl, hey. Right. It's like more professional, I would feel. Yeah, you would think so. But weird. God, people use all the apps to do weird shit. So, yeah. Um, now, the flirtatious messages had been deleted after the conversation ended. But, of course, you know, police can yeah, get, get that, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's reported that Missy had shown a friend messages from uh, the one LinkedIn interaction, the creepy one. Um, but I couldn't find the content online. They haven't released what the messages said. Mm-hmm. I do know from the Crime Junkie podcast that this creepy conversation was between her and a stranger. She did not know this person, and she was very weirded out by it. Now, Missy used a lot of social media to promote her fitness classes, often tagging where she was and, you know, where she'd be and what time. So it would be pretty easy for just about anyone to know what she was doing, you know, or know where she'd be at any given time. Now, learning of the possibility of affairs, the police and the public start speculating that Missy's husband, Brandon, may have been involved in her murder. They always look at the spouse first. It's just the way it goes, folks. Which, I mean, it's typically right. Right. Sounds like a motive to me, right? Yes. She's having an affair. He's pissed, you know. Does he know? Does he know? That she was having affairs? Well, I, well... I'll tell you. Okay. So uh, when police sit down and talk with Brandon a few days later, he has an airtight alibi. It turns out that he was over 600 miles away in Mississippi on a fishing trip the morning that Missy was killed. He also states that he and Missy have been married almost 20 years and that they have a great marriage and he doesn't know of anyone that would want to hurt Missy. But of course, investigators doing their job keep a close eye on him just in case. Yeah. On April 22nd, just four days after Missy was killed, Brandon's father, Randy, went to a dry cleaner in town with a woman's blood-stained white shirt, asking for it to be cleaned. He told the employee that the blood was from breaking up a dog fight. But, as you can imagine, Missy's murder story had been all over the news, so the employee, being super suspicious, calls police. And smart. Yeah, I mean, duh. Yeah. Yeah. A warrant was issued for the shirt, and when analyzed, it looked like someone had already tried to clean the blood off the shirt before taking it to the cleaners. Interesting. My thing is, you know your daughter-in-law was just murdered, like, four days ago. 
I wouldn't even take the shirt because I'd automatically think I'd look like a suspect. I would burn it. Right? Like, <laughs> that's just strange. Or if you if you are innocent, just be like, hey, just so you know, I've got yeah. the shirt. It's got blood on it. You can test it. Mm-hmm. It's I not mean, It's not that important of a shirt. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but I'd probably just burn it. Um. So police start looking into Randy Beavers, Brandon's dad. Mm-hmm. Now, oddly enough, they notice that he has the same physical profile as the killer in the video. He's short, stocky, and he walks with a very distinctive gait like the killer. Interesting. And that's not very common. Exactly. But Randy had an alibi. He was in California when Missy was murdered, and this cleared him as a suspect. But how very convenient that both of these guys were hundreds of miles away when she was murdered. Right? That's literally what I was thinking when you said he was 600 miles away. I'm like, how uh-huh. convenient that you are gone the day that your wife is murdered, which is typically what happens. Like mm-hmm. when you hire somebody to kill, mm-hmm. you go far away. So they so don't that... suspect you. Yeah. And your father also, who looks so much like the suspect, is across the country. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Strange. So the news of the bloody shirt spreads like wildfire through the community and the gossip is insane it is out of control as you can imagine right brandon's sister christy told police that her father's story about the dog fight was legit and that it had happened and it happened at her home it was also verified that randy had made an emergency visit to the vet with his dog so we've already you know this isn't missy's blood on this shirt we've ruled that out did they test it <clears throat> yes Okay. So the report eventually comes back and it's positive for canine blood, but the damage was already done at this point. The community has completely chastised uh, Randy and despite all of the police statements being made that Randy had been cleared, he was still guilty in the community's eyes. They're basically crucifying him. Exactly. Police finally go through all of Missy and Brandon's texts between each other and others. It's clear that their marriage wasn't nearly as happy as brandon made it out to be very odd right very this sparks speculation that maybe randy and brandon conspired together to kill missy in order to avoid a messy divorce yeah that's how you avoid a messy divorce by committing murder and making a messy like maybe he says hey dad my wife's cheating on me we need to get rid of her you know imagine like killing someone for your child but not just that like imagine like being able to go to your dad and be like we need Yo, to kill my wife yeah. and him being like yes yeah exactly son <laughs> you so, had the right idea nine months after missy's murder the police release security footage from a gun store close by to the church the video shows a 2010 to 2012 silver or light colored nissan altima with an oval shaped bumper sticker The police name it a vehicle of interest. In the video, the car slowly circles the parking lot and turns off their headlights and then turns them back on. The driver parks the car for a short time and then exits the lot. Mm -hmm. Police are still wanting to speak to the driver of the vehicle to, quote, quote, cross them off the suspect list. But to this day, no one has come forward. Why is that car deemed a car of interest? Because it was super close to the church and it was around the same time as the killing. Gotcha. And it was just acting kind of sketch in that parking lot. Right. So, and you would think like if you're, you know, not guilty, you would be like, yeah, that was me. I had to stop because my baby needed its diaper change, you know, there's something mm-hmm. like, but no one's come forward. Innocent people, though, are oftentimes convicted of stuff they have no relation to so i mean i understand the fear of not wanting to true true uh following a tip that former police officer bobby wayne henry drove a similar car he was questioned bobby was a security guard and he worked missy's funeral he had been suspended from the police force in 1996 due to a sexual assault allegation but he's also been ruled out as a suspect in missy's case hmm Brandon Beavers flip-flopped his opinion over the years, at first thinking that Missy's killing was a random attack, but now believing that she was targeted. He recently said, I think whoever did 
Whoever this person was knew my wife and had a motive. There's no doubt about it. He also said that he believes it is a woman. He then stated, the fact this person was willing to put in the time to dress up and overcome being on video and those things tells me there's a little vindictiveness in that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. The department is still treating Missy's case as an active investigation. They've hired new detectives to take a fresh look at the evidence and re-interviewed witnesses. They've traveled out of the state and even out of the country to do interviews, but there are still no answers. No autopsy report has ever been publicly released, but police did say she was bludgeoned to death and a hammer was the likely murder weapon. Con, if this person is a woman and they are pregnant, imagine killing somebody with a baby inside of you. Yeah. Oof. Like, what the heck? That just makes it even more morbid. Police say that they have released a good bit of information, but said that there is some evidence they're protecting because it could be of help to them later down the road if an arrest is made. Makes sense. They are confident that it will be. There is a $10,000 reward for information that leads to an arrest. Anyone with information is asked to call the Midlothian Police Department or Crime Stoppers of Ellis County at 972-937-PAYS. That's 972-937-7297. And that's all I have on that case. That's insane. It's so creepy, you guys. And I will post the video of the car and of the person walking the halls waiting for her to arrive. It is chilling. Like, imagine. Imagine, like, her last thoughts. You have this person dressed in riot gear Mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, my God, it's a police officer. And they have a hammer and butcher you with it. Like, what? I it's can't imagine. Insane. Like I'm know? sure at first it's like you see this person in SWAT gear and you're instantly like WTF, but then you kind of feel a sense of relief because you're like, oh, they're a police officer. Yeah. Yeah. And then they kill you. Oh, it's so eerie to me. Very interesting that the dad had the very... same features. But how did they clear him of being in California? Like, did how did they have proof of that? I guess it was confirmed somehow. Who knows? Airline. I, I don't know. But then it was confirmed also that it was canine blood on the shirt. It was, con- you know, it was uh, confirmed that, you know, he had been at the vet with an injured dog. I wonder if somebody was trying to act like the dad. I don't know. I honestly still have my suspicions. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, clearly the police know more than I do, but if you watch, like, there's a video also out there of him walking. It's the exact same walk. It's so strange. I know officers have cleared, you know, serial killers in the past of being a person of interest. I mean, it could very well be the same thing. Yeah. And like they said, they're, you know, preserving evidence that they don't want the public to come out, you know, to know. because. Right. If they make an arrest. It could be damning, yeah. Exactly. Well, I hope they figure out who it was because that's a horrible way to go. It's horrific. Oh, I just can't. Very, very sad. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, if you want to join our Facebook group, you can. Uh, for God's sake, don't drink the Jones juice. You can follow our Instagram and TikTok at Don't Drink the Jones Juice. You can buy our merch at storefrontier.com slash don't drink the Jones Juice. And you can send us your own personal true crime or paranormal stories at don't drink the Jones Juice at gmail.com so that we can hopefully have another listener juice episode. Mm-hmm. Is that it? That's it. All right. For God's sake. Don't drink the Jones Juice. <laughs>